Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor. And I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is all about finally getting organized in midlife with Tracy Hoth. Okay, my friends, my amazing women in the middle, let's talk about what just might be your dirty little secret. And that is stuff. Fun stuff, old stuff, memorable stuff, collectible stuff, junky stuff, stuff from your kids, stuff from your childhood, stuff from your closet, clothes that don't fit, toys that aren't played with anymore, toys that you're hanging on to to share with your grandchildren, even if you don't have grandchildren yet, books that you can't part with, stuff you've inherited and don't know what to do with, and then something you're probably just really annoyed about, stuff that you want to get rid of and just don't know where to start. Stuff is such a midlife topic. There's stuff everywhere in all the nooks and crannies of your home and your mind because the way you think about your stuff, full of thoughts that create negative emotions, tons of negative feelings. You likely become a mean girl, shooting all over yourself. You should be more organized. You should keep less stuff. You should be better at this by now. You got to get rid of the stuff. Well, I have good news. I have a special guest on the podcast today to help you think about all of this stuff for a change. (laughs) My guest today is Tracy Hoth. She's been a professional organizer for 13 years and helped hundreds of women get organized in their homes and offices. She's witnessing absolute magic as she helps her clients combine practical organizing strategies with transformational mindset tools to create the organized life and home that they've always wanted. Can you relate? Tracy's specialty is to help folks get organized when they're completely overwhelmed. Is this you? Thinking about getting organized can be such a drag, that's for sure. Just another big thing you need to do because you haven't done a good enough job doing it in the first place. (laughs) When you're a woman in the middle, you probably have a lot of stuff and are at a place in your life where you know you need to make some decisions about what to do with it all, what to keep, or what to let go. It's a hard place to be. But you know you want to open space up for new opportunities and hobbies and interests. And this is difficult when you want to hold on to everything. This is me. I love holding on to stuff. And it seems impossible to get started when there is just so much. Tracy gets so excited for women to experience the freedom that comes from less clutter, decisions made, knowing what they have and finding it when they need it and choosing to trust that they will have everything they need when they need it as well, and living out what they desire rather than spending the second half of life managing their stuff. All of this sounds pretty good, right? I'm glad you think so. I'm really excited to share this fun and inspiring episode with you. So please enjoy. Hi, Tracy. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Women in the Middle podcast. Hi, Susie. Cannot wait to talk about this. And I'm glad to be here. Oh, my gosh. This is a topic that I really need a little help on. So this is good. And I know it's come up so often uh, with women in my community. So if you could just start 
uh, with telling us a little bit about who you are and why you got so interested and good at helping people get organized when they are completely overwhelmed. <laughs> yes, I have been a professional organizer for 13 years. So I was looking back at how I started that. And I had four little kids. I stayed home with them and knew how much organizing helped me like run the home and be able to handle that and knew that I could help other people. So I kind of started in that way before it was really popular too. <laughs> so started helping friends and told people about organizing. People found me on the internet, but I go, I had went into people's homes and helped them in their home and office get organized so that they can create a home and an office workspace that supports their life, like the life they want to live. So not just organize because we need to spend time organizing, but really to create a life that they want. That's so good. And I have a feeling that you were one of those women who had a labeler way before so many other people had a labeler. Am I right? Well, I'm trying to think back if I did, but what I did do, which is kind of funny is back then they didn't have a lot of information. So I saw um, pictures like of closets. That was a big thing back then. So I would rip out pictures and put them in a file <laughs> for the one day when I was going to help people. Yeah. Oh, that that's so cute. <laughs> well, I know that you are um, on the brink of the whole midlife funk time of life about getting unstuck and and so many women that um, women in the middle are dealing with a lot of this transition with kids coming and going, young adults as we like to call them. Yeah. But really there are kids. And so there is a lot of memorabilia to deal with. And you know, those those little weird paintings from kindergarten and all that, when I know we all saved way too much stuff. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about what that's like with the kids moving in and out and knowing that you have all this stuff and it does start to feel stressful? It does. And I have some clients and kind of myself too in that stage, like, what do we do with this stuff? And to add on to just memorabilia, it's furniture or decorations or stuff they switched rooms and changed or brought home and didn't need when they left. So we have all that kind of stuff. But Really to recognize, and I used to tell this to people with little kids, that it's a stage, like you're going to be in this transition stage for just a little bit. So don't get too worried about it. But the other thing, like just an idea to help is you could get some of the stuff out. Like one of my clients' son is coming home for a visit. So she has set aside some of it so that when he comes, he could go through that. Oh my gosh, that's what happened to me. One time I went home, it must have been 10 years ago. And my mom surprised me by saying, you know, we went up into the attic and we brought down a bunch of your stuff and it's waiting for you in the spare bedroom. And I was so excited. Oh. It was like a treasure trove of stuff from junior high and high school. I found my first diary. Remember the diary with the little, the little, lock. With the little lock? And I was just, you know, completely having crushes on boys. And also, I found my favorite shoes from high school. I had these beautiful clogs. I thought I was so cool 
with the clogs, I found my tap shoes. And one of the most meaningful things I found were boxes and boxes of handwritten notes Mm. that we passed in high school that were in that, what do you call that little, um, I'm making a hand motion. Oh, yes. That that you open and close. You go in and out and then it has questions or numbers that you yeah pick. oh my gosh I remember that I don't Does remember that what have that a thing name was. I don't know but <laughs> we had like all those full and we used to pass notes in little tiny folded triangles and then I found hundreds of cards and pen pal letters and yes. it was really unbelievable I-, I couldn't go through them all but it was so much fun and it had just been you know sitting there for uh 40 years <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to say that you're really mad because she got all that stuff out or that it's so good. You said excited. Oh, I was delighted. I mean, I I cried. I laughed like there was so much there and I had to get rid of some. I had to make some decisions. And one of the things that I found there that really surprised me was all of my calligraphy practice pages So I discovered calligraphy when I was 12 and I got really into it. So I had these huge flip chart uh, size pages of paper that I had to hand line and I was practicing alphabets and alphabets and alphabets. And, you know, those don't need to be kept, but it brought back so many memories. So I took some pictures of them Mm -hmm. Um, and I found some little trinkets and things. I loved Snoopy. So I made sure to like little statues and things like that. So I made sure to give my kids each, like they didn't care, but they each have one of those little Snoopy statues on their, their bookshelf at least, at least for now. (laughs) That's good. I know in my box that I kept was all photo albums and like photos pretty much in my husband's box that he got from his parents was like a pencil collection and like all these fun things. So my kids are over there looking at his box and it's super (laughs) exciting. My box is super boring, mainly photos. (laughs) It was crazy to see the shoes. I had a couple of other pairs of shoes, these really groovy uh, boots that had, I think, a very high heel. And there were some wedges in there that I think that were my first pair of heels, but they were wedges in junior high. I remember wearing them. It was crazy. Yeah. So do you take that stuff home then or what did you do with it? I did take some of it home and now it's in my crawl space. I did throw some of it away. Mm-hmm. I used some of it in my business and I started a, a little YouTube, a little, very little short-lived YouTube series called What's in Susie's Closet. And oh. I pulled out, I'll put the link in the show notes. I pulled out an item and then talked about it for just like two minutes. And, you know, I found my original Jacks. Oh, did you play jacks? No, but oh, I was yeah. serious about jacks. And of course, the little ball was dead. The little ball didn't work anymore because I guess rubber gets hard. <laughs> but I found some. Oh, I had a ventriloquist album. I was trying to be a ventriloquist <laughs> when I was like 12. I remember <laughs> buying the ventriloquist dummy, but there was the actual album of training how to be a ventriloquist. Like it was fun. I think your kids would have liked my box. Yeah, they definitely would have liked it way more than my boring box. (laughs) But what do you do with all this stuff? Because I did have a hard time parting with it, even though so many years had gone by. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it starts in the beginning thinking, okay, when I'm 30, 
do I want to have this stuff or do I want to keep this stuff for my kids? Do I want to have that for them? And even with my kids, I'll look at it and say, okay, when you're 40, are you going to want to look at this? So we can continue to purge it each time we go into that box or space or whatever. But now what do you do with it? Wouldn't it be fun to be able to sit down and have like one of those Shutterfly or skinny little albums with those things in it, like pictures of those? And you could sit and remember that. And a friend could come over from high school or whatever and sit with you and you guys could talk and talk without having to take up the space. I love that idea. I mean, I was thinking about that because someone was really, it really has a hard time getting rid of stuff that I work with. And we just were talking, just trying to open our mind up to what it would be like to have the memory and have something to look at, but just not have the stuff taking up space. Well, that's making me think about Mortimer Snurd, the ventriloquist dummy that's right now in my crawl, not in my crawl space. It's in the, um, the cedar closet where I started the podcast, but now it's turned into a drum room because one of my sons is a drummer. So um, I had two ventriloquist dummies and they scared the kids growing up. And now Mortimer's jaw fell off and I'm, I would love to get it fixed, but I have a feeling nobody cares about it, but I just thought it was the the coolest thing to learn how to do. Mm -hmm. And, and there he sits scaring people with a broken jaw. (laughs) It's worse than it ever was. (laughs) Well, and one thing my client was saying, as we were talking about this was she came back to blessing someone else with this stuff too. So it's all in how you think about it. So she was like, I could, instead of be holding on to this, I could bless it with someone. And if my kids don't want it, even though it's special to me, someone else out there really wants it. It's funny. I just saw a ventriloquist on America's Got Talent, I think. And she was amazing. She looked like she was, you know, a teenager. She was unbelievable. She was singing and everything. So there's someone out there that would love that. And thinking about it like that of blessing someone else, but knowing you have a picture and knowing you have that memory, but knowing you also have that free space. I mean, that's an option. You don't have to get rid of anything, but No, it's a great idea. You know, another thing I found down there was, uh, (laughs) it's kind of embarrassing. It was the scrapbook that I made from Tiger Beat magazine in junior high. So all of the movie stars and rock stars that I had crushes on, I found that scrapbook, which was hilarious. But I have such strong memories of saving my babysitting money and my little bit of allowance. And I would go to 7-Eleven and I would just want a Slurpee, an Archie Comic Digest, and a Tiger Beat magazine. <laughs> oh my goodness. That sounds so fun. You have such strong memories too of really specific things. Those kinds of things, yes. There are other parts of my memory that are completely gone. <laughs> but, so I love that idea. And you know, I I know that I have kept way too many of those kindergarten paintings and first grade paintings, but they're there. So I could take pictures of those too, make a fun little memorabilia book for each kid. And I also, um, we do have some time capsule things put aside for each of the kids. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, I think that's a great idea because it does take up a bit of space. The other thing is to just give it to your kids (laughs) and let them make the decisions. A lot of times they'll make decisions to get rid of stuff. And if it's not in front of you, 
<laughs> maybe we're more okay with it than, you know, because they're going to get it eventually. Oh, my God. That's such a funny idea. And I'm just having a little flashback to when my first kid went to university, he cleaned out his room and he was left with stuff he didn't know what to do with this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. memorabilia from his junior high and his, you know, proms and this and that. And I said, he was ready to get rid of it. And I said, no, no, get a box. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? I said, no, no, you put it in a box. I'll get it for you. And then you just put the box away. And then someday you can look at the box. <laughs> right. And I agree. Like we do that also, but then set the limit. Like how many boxes is there going to be one box or two tubs or you know, what is it going to be? And then it makes you think, okay, I have this much space. I'm going to haul this to my house one day and it's going to sit in my basement or <laughs> we're going to yep. go through it with my kids. So how much do I want to bring? Yeah, that's a good question. How much do I want to bring? And now it's not like they're little kids, they're young adults and they can be involved in the conversation about our stuff. That's their stuff and their stuff. That's their stuff. <laughs> yes. And to remember too, for our stuff, and I see kids all the time who are now adults having to deal with all that stuff yes. that was special to their parents. And then they have such guilt about getting rid of it because it was special to their parents. So if we feel the emotion <laughs> and make the decision now to let it go, even though it was special to us, we're really opening up to new special things. I love that idea. That's a very mature and evolved way to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm holding on to this until <laughs> later. <laughs> so how do you um, how do you make some of these decisions about our own stuff that's more current? And I'm thinking right away about my closet and, you know, some of the parts of the house that do even offices that tend to collect, you know, a lot of paper and books. I have a very hard time getting rid of books. And, you know, can you talk a little bit about that? Like our adult stuff, our clothes that don't fit anymore or have shoulder pads. <laughs> there's so many part pieces to it that it just gets overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, so can you talk to us a little bit about that overwhelm? Yes. Anytime you're overwhelmed, you're thinking about all the stuff, all the decisions, all the areas of your house you need to go through. So I always go back to the first step to organizing is to sort. And so let's say you're going to focus on your closet. The first step is to sort things into categories and you get to make up the category. So in the closet, it could be sleeveless shirts, short sleeve shirts, long sleeve shirts, pants, shorts, you know, like that. Or another kind of unique way, if you don't want to do a big time frame at one time is to take out all the white clothes or all the tank tops and lay them on your bed. And you just go through those and then you put them back on one end of your rod. And then the next day, next week, you take out the short sleeve shirts or the yellow clothes and you make a little rainbow in your closet just by constraining down. But sorting is the first step because you don't know what you have until you sort. So even I get so overwhelmed, I'll go into my closet and be like, I'm gonna get rid of some stuff. If I go in with that attitude, the first thing I look at, I go, oh gosh, oh, I don't know. I mean, I could find something to wear this with. And then I go, this is too hard. And I leave. 
So if I sort, then I see what I have. I see how many genes I have. And then I can look at those particular genes and make decisions. So the next step would be to purge. And that's where you ask yourself, I like to pick the favorites. What do I, um, what do I love and what do I wear and use? And then pick those things out and then go from there. Okay, so this is what's left that I don't love. It's not my favorite. And I think it's easier than to make decisions on that. Those are great ideas. And even what you said that even the sorting doesn't need to be the entire project at the beginning. You can sort a chunk. Mm -hmm. Uh, That just made me relax. Just that one simple idea. You know, the other thing that's going on in my closet, it's two big problem areas. One is stuff that no longer fits and all the guilt about that. And the out of date stuff is a different category. Um, Mm -hmm. But what the other thing I've noticed is I've been working at home now since 2000, mid 2013. And I wear completely different clothes now and haven't touched so many of those other clothes in years because I'm at a desk on Zoom Mm -hmm. and going way uh, to way fewer places. So the tops are nice. The bottoms are not nice. The bottoms are, I think I've basically lived in yoga pants since 2013 and it doesn't matter. And the most important pair of shoes I have are my house slippers. And I made sure to invest in those because I need a house slipper with a good sole. So mine are nice. Many people might wear them outside, but like that's the pair of shoes that I wear the most. Well, now in the summer, I wear Crocs the most. (laughs) But so and, and then one other thing, there's purses. The purse situation has exploded. And again, this is comical because I don't go anywhere anymore. I've gotten rid of anything large, I use a tiny little purse and I switch to a tiny little wallet, you know, so I think it's a transition time with COVID, but so many people are working at home now and a couple decades have gone by since I did a big closet purge. And I know people like you, it's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, even what you said right there, those are categories. So why don't you pull out all the stuff that doesn't fit here? We're going into our closet like looking through all that and feeling bad. And like you said, guilt or shame or whatever, you're feeling that every single time you're in there. And so pull all the stuff that doesn't fit out one day. And then one day pull all the memorabilia items out, memories or whatever, pull those out. So when you pull your stuff that doesn't fit, I mean, pick the super special things that you absolutely love that you maybe put in a box or store really high up on a shelf. And that could be in a separate place so that you still have it. I mean, I never tell people they have to get rid of stuff, but then that would clear that space out. You would love going into your closet every day because you see all the beautiful things that you love and you wear and you're not having the, all those other reminders, dusty clothes that are from 40 years ago that your memorabilia. <laughs> well, I do have my, my marching band jacket is in the cedar <laughs> closet and there's no way I could get rid of that. I have no yeah. interest in getting rid of it, but it is right. so tiny. It's hilarious how tiny it is. <laughs> and all the tiny stuff we had, we're like, where are we that little? But yeah, that's in not in your main closet. So that's what I mean. That's a great yeah. place for some of those special things that you want to keep. 
And then the shoe thing. Could you talk about the shoes? Because this is a huge problem for so many people, um, including me. And again, not leaving the house anymore so much um, from work at home and or COVID. I have a lot of shoes and they're barely worn. Like a lot of them would be, you know, more on the dressier side. And how do you make those decisions? I think start before you even go into your closet, thinking about what you want and what you want your life to be. So if you know, okay, I don't want to wear high heels anymore. I don't want to dress up in suits. This is what I want. This is like, before you look at it, this is what I really love. This is what I enjoy wearing. And this is how I want my life in my closet to look and then make a decision before you go in. So is that 20 pairs of shoes? Is that this area only of shoes? So kind of set your limit ahead of time and then go in and always pick your favorites. So, you know, you got your house shoes. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Your next pair would be like your best pair of tennis shoes. I don't know. Yeah. The one, two sandals that you wear all the time, your favorite, and then you see what's left. And then you could ask questions like, when's the last time I actually wore those and loved them? You could try them on and make sure they feel good. Walk around in them a little bit. See what outfits you have that actually look good with that. Even try one on and say, yeah. do I like those heels anymore? So spend some time on the, the non-favorites. And then make a decision. Now, when people have a really hard time making a decision, there's always the option. You put it in a box, you put donate in six months or whatever, and store that somewhere. Add a little reminder on your phone, donate box in storage room and hold it. Like let your body get used to it or your nervous system get used to the fact that they're not in your closet anymore. And if you haven't thought about them and haven't went in there and looked at them, just take that box and donate it. Oh my gosh, Tracy, I love that idea. That is a great idea. So do you have it all together? Are you perfectly organized? No, that's the, that's the myth. So I too get overwhelmed. I too clutter is just delayed decisions. So they're decisions that we haven't made. So we have a secret room. We call it the secret room because it was off our boy's bedroom. So there used to be their little like secret space, but (laughs) so we still call it the secret room. It's just an attic space. And it is crammed full right now because of what you said, this transition, you know, my daughter's grown up into a new style of room and she just threw all her stuff in there. The boys moved in and out. And so we have tons of stuff in there, but I know what to do. And I think that's the important part of learning the skill. And then when you decide you want to go in there and clear it out, you, you know what to do. Is it always fun? No, but I know the first thing to do is sort. I'm going to pull everything out of that room and I'm going to sort it into categories. And it's actually on my um, Organized Life Academy. We're doing a storage space. I think it's in October. And so I know that's when I'm going to do it. And I know no big deal. I'll pull it out and it'll feel great when I'm done. Wow. I love thinking about the feeling part of this. And they will feel great when it's done. I don't think anybody has not felt great when something is finally dealt with. Yeah, that's really good. So why are you so passionate about this topic? I think because I've been in so many people's houses and talked to so many women who feel overwhelmed and 
ashamed or frustrated with themselves because they can't seem to get it together. And so knowing that I can help teach them the skill and the mindset to be able to follow the steps and to be able to keep motivated. I know it's so exciting because then they can do what they're passionate about. They can do what they love. They can give back. They can spend more time with family and have family and friends in their home. They can do all of that without feeling this. Like I'm always having to organize. I never Mm -hmm. get it done. It's always there like this weight. Yeah. I can see that there's a sense of freedom when, when stuff is finally sorted. You know, one thing that seems to be going on a fair bit in my community right now is downsizing and people starting to think about downsizing and some people being enamored by an RV lifestyle Mm. or a laptop lifestyle. So the digital nomad thing happens and the RV lifestyle thing happens. I've had a few in tiny houses. And so this, when I hear something like this, my head explodes. I'm like, uh, that sounds interesting, but right away, I think about the sorting and the the decisions and the mm-hmm. stuff for that drastic of a reduction in you know everything that's in the home. Well, in thinking about that, it's the it's the little step by little step. It's constraining to one area that you're going to go through and then the next area. And eventually you're in a tiny house, but that's just such a gradual thing. That's just like losing weight. You focus on one pound. Yes. Like I can do one pound. I can do one shelf in my closet, you know? Yes. It's like really the, uh, the minimum baseline concept where mm-hmm. what is the one thing that you can do that, that even you can do this, even if you have resistance, you know, you can manage that one shelf. Yes. Well, and think of the person that's done that, just the skill that they have developed with decision-making, with trust. I think a lot of letting stuff go is trust. Like I trust I'm going to have what I need when I need it. I trust I'm going to be able to have the memory that I need when I need it. I trust I'll have the space um, it's really kind of looking out and relaxing into that. I have everything. I will have everything I need if I get rid of this. Mm. Right. When I said bookshelf, I just had this image and I'm looking at a pile of books here right now. So even today with digital media and audible and all of this, I, I still have such an attraction to a real book mm-hmm. and and I definitely have resistance on letting go of books. So can you talk a little bit about how people are coming to terms with that? I think it again comes back to what do we want? Like, do we want to buy a new bookshelf and now we have five bookshelves that are full to the brim? Or do we want a room where we have two really pretty bookshelves? We have our favorite books on there. We even have space to get new books because we're letting old books go kind of. So getting that vision for yourself about what you want and then being willing to feel the emotion when you let something go, like, what does it feel like? Why do we fear it? Like getting into the mindset part of it. What do, what are we holding on to? really thinking about that, that what is our body getting from 
holding on to all of this mm. versus if we were to let one of them go, what are we afraid that we're going to feel? Or what are we afraid of? That's so good. I don't even, I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> I had one client have a really uh, successful experience with this recently. She wanted to uh, release some wedding presents that she'd never used or mm. wasn't using anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, can you talk about that a little bit? Like when somebody has gifted you something and you don't know what to do with it? Yes. Well, one thing that's really helpful for for my people is knowing they're giving it to somebody or somewhere that's going to be blessed by it, that's going, that wants it, that will use it. And so you can go find somewhere like that. And maybe it's a cause like you, a battered women's shelter or something like that. And there's a thrift store that sells stuff to give money to them. We have a place for, um, women trafficking, sex trafficking right now. And there is a thrift store that supports houses for those women. So just saying that gave me chills because we could give stuff to them and they could have the money to support it. And it, we don't even have to do anything. We just have to drop it off. And so really getting passionate about something. So it's not even about us thinking about the person who gave it to us and all that. It's us thinking, I am contributing to a cause that is so amazing and so helpful that it turns the tide kind of in our mind. Yeah. You stop thinking about yourself and you start thinking about helping, which is such right. a great shift and, and helps us in so many other parts of our lives too. It's so good. And it's so simple. My goodness. So what is your best advice to women in the middle struggling with transitions and clutter and you know, starting to imagine thinking about the next chapter and what they want. Mm -hmm. Well, have fun dreaming of what you want, but then in the middle, in the present, know it's possible. Like, I think people think organizing, you're born with it or you're not. You're a messy person and you have this identity. Like I'm someone who keeps things. I am just messy. I'm not good at making decisions. So know that that's just the mindset, that that's an option for us to believe about ourselves, or we can create a new identity that we want. I love that. Who lives with less. I love that you brought that up. And what I'm always encouraging my clients to do is to think I'm learning to do this rather Mm -hmm. than labeling themselves. Because you're right. It's not it's not like you were gifted with the ability to sort mail. It's that you decided (laughs) that you wanted to sort mail. It's not that you were gifted with the ability to understand when it's time to get rid of your shoes. <laughs> it's that you, right. you've learned it, you value it, you think about it in a different way than somebody who holds on to things. So yeah, I love that. I'm learning to become somebody who sorts things more regularly rather than right. I suck at this. <laughs> yes. And the other thing is that it's totally possible and it's just a skill. So we follow the steps, sort, purge, assign homes, set limits, and then maintain. Okay. Let's break those steps down a little bit. So sorting, we spent some time talking about that. I love it. And I really love that you only have to sort a piece of it at the beginning. You don't even need to sort everything to make progress. And And don't make decisions while you're sorting. Just put them in categories. Okay. And then purge. So that's when pick your favorites. That's the secret of that. Just pick out what you love and use, and then we'll go through the rest of the stuff, asking different questions and 
and using that technique of storing it somewhere with donate on and put the, the thing in your calendar and then assign homes, just decide where it's going to live. My shoes are going to live here. All the kitchen appliances are going to live here or whatever. Set limits. Now, this is the part everybody does first. They buy all the cute containers and they do totally. all this stuff. They buy the new planner, they get all the things and then they never organize. And now they just have more clutter because it's just sitting there. All right. Because so, it feels like you're doing something. Oh, yes. I'm going to get the best <laughs> bin and they're stackable. Oh, so exciting. I'll buy 20. <laughs> yeah. So once you know where something's going to live and you know how much space it's going to take up, that's when you set a limit. You buy a container, you buy a shelf, you buy drawer dividers or a bin. And then the final step is to maintain. And my secret to maintaining is to tie it to something that you already do. So your closet, when the season changes, that's when you maintain every spring and every fall, go in there and just do a quick sort purge. Um, taxes. When you do your taxes every year, go through your file cabinet and your paper and purge that. So your system was set up in the steps and then now you're maintaining it. Clear it out, make that one file you've been needing to make, whatever it is. So tie it to something. That's so good. Sort, purge, assign homes, set limits, and maintain. Yes. And it spells spasm. I noticed that. (laughs) That's really exciting, huh? But I think of our houses having um, spasms because they're so full or, you know, when your eye does that little twitch, yes. has a little spasm or your muscle has a spasm. So every time that happens, I want you to think of the organizing steps from now on. So you'll always think, oh yeah, maybe I could sort today. <laughs> my eye is twitching. Oh, that's hilarious. I think my husband has um, changing or checking the batteries with the smoke detectors linked in his mind to something Yeah, he always remembers to do that. Um, So what's a story of somebody that really stands out to you that made a lot of progress? What was that experience like for her? I think the a recent one in the academy, we did paper one month and this one woman had had like 18 boxes of paper that she had, you know, when company comes and you shove everything in a box and you stash it away. A hundred percent. Yes. She had moved and, you know, I had just had all this paper. And so that month she set a very big goal and she was going to get rid and she works full time and is taking care of her mom. So this is just such a beautiful example that anything is possible. And so she set the goal that she was going to go through a box of paper every day. And she would get up early and she would work when she got home from work. She didn't reach her goal, which I love. So it's not like this beautiful, everybody's like, she's perfect. I'd never be able to do that. I think she got 14 of the 18 or 12 of the 18 done. And it was just such a cool thing to be inspired by her, to see that it's possible, to see how much she worked and got through those things and just setting the goal and committing to it, even though we're kind of scared of that. I noticed that in myself. I'm like, I just don't want to fail. So I just won't set the goal, but putting it out there and telling the community and going for it and look at the progress, like look at that freedom that she has just in. That's amazing. And did she have any insight about the type of things that were in the box was most of it stuff that needed to be shredded or recycled? Or was there a lot of stuff there that she really wanted? 
Yeah, I think a lot of it, because it was kind of that stash stuff was stuff that she could get rid of. And always when it's older with paper, especially it's easier to get rid of. But again, it's like sort. So she sorted the important things into a pile. And those are the things that she had to file or make a file for or store. Um, But it is her mindset. And she would write She hung the steps on a refrigerator. She read them every single day. She had her thoughts that she was going to focus on. Like, I am capable of sorting paper. I can do this. I'm committing to going through a box, like all those thoughts. And she just kept practicing them. And then probably like you do too, when you have your coaching calls, you don't hide. Like you, when you don't do something, you just bring it up and be coached and be vulnerable and What's wrong? Like, yeah, yeah, what got in the way? What got in the way here? Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. And certainly there are areas in my house and in my life that I've had more success on with being organized Mm -hmm. and areas that need a little bit of work. And what you said about the minimum baseline, really, um, in terms of the sorting phase, was a very new idea for me just now. So I love that. Uh, What's your favorite organizing product or tool? Well, I'd have to say the label maker. I knew there was a label maker loving you somewhere. (laughs) I mean, and you could, your label maker could be a piece of tape and a Sharpie. Yep. Like it doesn't even matter, but like in a, in a pantry, a, a friend of mine had, has five boys and she labeled the bins that she put in the pantry and her boys were so excited (laughs) (laughs) because they knew where to put things. And they knew it's really to help your family. If you still have people in your home that, that can help put things back or really maybe our memories going, (laughs) we need to help ourselves (laughs) remember where we decided to keep it, especially in the beginning to have those labels on there. But there's one plastic bin that I really love to use in pantries and on shelves. And it's just a basic kind of rectangular straight-sided bin. I can send you a link to it, but that that's good too. But so I'm pretty simple. Do you like the handles or is it just the size and that the sides are straight? What do you like about that bin? Well, it's clear so you can see. So in a pantry, I have a good blog post that has a pictures of it. But you can label the front and it sticks to it. If you use baskets, a lot of times you can't just use simple labels. You got to buy special ones that hook on the side of the basket because the regular label wouldn't stick to it if it's Mm -hmm. like a fabric. Um, And it's see-through and it's the right height. And I do like straight sides, especially, especially in a pantry or something with jars or different containers in it so they don't tip over and stuff. Oh, wow. Send Um, the blog link. We'll definitely include that in the show notes. Okay. That's that's great. I'll do that. Yeah. And, and the label maker that you like. Oh, yes. (laughs) I know you're probably all excited. Oh, somebody cares about my label maker. Um, That's amazing. Tracy, this has been a lot of fun and very, very motivating and encouraging. Is there something that you would like to share something that people are interested? They want a little bit more. Yeah. If you want more, I have a quick start guide to get organized for life. So it's seven simple steps and I have a video that goes with it. You can get that on my website. It's simply squaredaway.com forward slash start if Perfect. you want that. And you'll Perfect. Link. I'll send you the link to that. Yeah, too. yeah. I'll put the link in the show notes. That'll be great. Oh my gosh, we have some work to do, all of us. Um, but I love thinking about how do I want to feel when this is done? That's beautiful. And 
breaking it down into a teeny tiny step, even at the beginning at the sorting stage. Yeah. So, so good. Thank you so much for joining us. So many good tips. We are set to roll. You're welcome. So good to be here. Okay, my friend, pretty good, right? How are you feeling? A little more prepared to take a baby step and start sorting? Tracy had such great tips and strategies to help you with your perspective and the actual steps to move forward at your own pace, of course. As she says, clutter is just delayed decisions. Just one more thing in midlife that isn't as intentional as you want it to be. I like to think of it that way, actually. I really do. When you decide to take the first step, you know what to do. Prepare to sort. And like other parts of your life, you know the importance of being intentional about when to do it. And that is your calendar. You have to plan in advance and commit to your plan. Think about how amazing it will be to honor your commitment to yourself to make the very decisions that you're beating yourself up about not making. That is what it's all about. That's how to manage the stuff, take a baby step, and prepare to sort. That's it for this episode. As you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck. This is what regret-proofing your life is all about. Remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be, and I'm here to help. This is what you'll learn when you hire me as your coach. Learning the mindfulness concepts are one thing, but when it comes to applying the concepts, that's when you really benefit from coaching. Head over to www.talktosusie.com and book a free call to see what program's a good fit for you and go ahead and apply to work together. It's really a great time to get unstuck, get clear, and get excited about your life again. For show notes and links, head over to www.coachwithsusie.com. If you're feeling stuck, make sure to grab your free guide, Nine Secrets to Get Unstuck in Your 50s, at www.susierosenstein.com forward slash nine secrets. And if you or your friend is turning 50 or has a birthday anytime after 50, here's a great gift. Grab a copy of my new book, 50 Ways to Celebrate Life After 50. Check out Amazon or your favorite online bookseller. And if you heard little tiny noises in the background of this outro, my bird Didi is making them. So cute, so cute. So if you heard them, that's what's happening. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first, one thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. 